You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, episode number 428. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is my company senior SEO, Scott Benack. Oh, how's your week, bud? Busy as usual, but busy is a good thing, I suppose, so no complaints there. Excellent. Yes, same here. Um, happy news, though, today. Really happy news. Uh, got a message from our colleague um, in-house Dennis he is now out of Russia oh to get away he for those that are listening he was in Crimea which was annexed by Russia and uh, I guess like many who were there he was probably hoping for that just to end at some point never did and of course now it's much worse so he he has gotten away and I'm really really happy for it and uh, uh, yeah who knows what's going to come next can't really oh, talk I hadn't about heard it, actually, but it's great news, though. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. We'll have to talk more about it afterwards, but uh, that's yeah. fantastic to hear that. It is. So uh, his family and stuff are still in Ukraine, unfortunately, being um, uh, they're in the the worst of it, actually. So Thanks. we're hoping for them, and it's just awful. Anyway, our hearts go out to... Ukrainians and uh, if you have anyone out there hasn't already please do support and do some donations uh, do whatever you can to help out uh, we certainly are uh, and uh, don't plan on stopping all right well let's continue the non-SEO news uh, although this really is very close to it and that's about WordPress so what's this going on yeah, we're for, this could almost be SEO news, but it's kind of on the on the virtue. So back in November of last year, the, the WordPress performance team was created for the purpose of coordinating performance improvements within the WordPress core. Uh, and now I, the, the news I saw this was on March 15th. I'm not sure if this plugin was released on that day or just a few days before, but WordPress has released a plugin called the Performance Lab plugin, which is designed to speed up WordPress sites. Uh, Now, the main purpose of this plugin is to give publishers an opportunity to use and test new improvements and provide feedback before it's rolled out into the actual core of WordPress. So ultimately, the plugin will go away and it'll be just built into WordPress, essentially, which is fantastic. 
so it's good to see WordPress being proactive there and, and trying to be faster and keep up with some of the competition. Because I know I think Wix, uh, I don't like Wix, I'll be honest, but one of their strong points is their sites generally load pretty quick. And a lot of the other content management systems do have some speed advantages over WordPress. Um, I think WordPress's other advantages outweigh all of those, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, anyway, so the plugin currently is broken down into four modules, which maybe you want to hear this, maybe you don't. Let's see, there's a, a, a WebP uploads. So it currently converts newly uploaded JPEG files into faster WebP format. So your imagery will be a bit quicker there, which is pretty important. Uh, yeah, for WebP those that don't know, that's, that's a faster graphic format. It's a new one. Not new, but new to most of us um, that are, uh, aren't, aren't living online like we are. <laughs> so the average population probably will never have heard of it. Um, and it is designed specifically for the web. And uh, it also keeps, I don't, I've never actually used it. I mean, I've seen it and I've certainly up, um, you know, moved it around in client sites, but I've never actually created one. So I don't know um, from a nerdy perspective what kind of stats it has. You know, uh, the depth of uh, bits, uh, dot, you know, all the stuff that matters when it comes to quality, but it has to be pretty high if they're going to be converting to it. So it's pretty good news. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's kind of the future, really, uh, especially with Google uh, pushing speed and all that kind of stuff. So uh, another module is WebP support. So this is essentially a site health monitor that checks to see if your server supports WebP and showing a warning if it is not supported. So it doesn't really do a lot, but helps keep you informed on what's going on there. Uh, there's also a persistent object cache health check. That sounds very Ooh. wordy. Ooh, fancy. Uh, and basically it's a site health check module that may suggest the use of object caching. So again, it probably mm -hmm. doesn't do a lot, but just lets you know that, hey, you're, you're not caching as, as well as you could. Probably throws out some improvement options to you. That How sort dare of stuff. you? Not oh, caching what? as well as you should. How uh, dare I, they? I know, like, come on, it's 2022 already. <laughs> Their POC uh, <laughs> is not working well. <laughs> That's like the worst acronym, POC. Anyway, <laughs> POC. Um, and then the last one is just experimental at this point, and I'll tell you why it's experimental in a second. Uh, and it's the audit in queued assets, which provides an audit of your CSS and JavaScript files. Uh, and helps to identify any unnecessary CSS or JavaScript that might be slowing down your website. And the reason they're flagging that as experimental is because it's not fully tested. And um, if you read between the lines, if your site breaks, they're, they're not responsible because they told you it was experimental. Bye -bye. Yeah, so, and actually the whole thing is somewhat, I think it's still beta if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and as with any plugins, you know, you're, you're at risk that it could break things. This does not seem like a plugin that would break anything, but in typical fashion, back up your site, make sure you're, you know, you, you've got an, a plan to get out of this if it does break your site. Uh, not likely though. I, I would say it's probably pretty safe, especially being put out by the developers at WordPress. So uh, yeah, so that's cool there. You know, you've got this plugin. I, I say, give it a try. I'm certainly going to give it a try on a, a couple of sites. I'll probably start on one of my own before I uh, launch it onto a client website and uh, we'll see if it makes a difference or what kind of feedback there is. And hopefully it's a future with a faster WordPress. Yeah. I'm just looking at this. The, like you said, the audit and queued assets is experimental, but it doesn't say it says it's tested. So it should be okay in live. 
a live production site. I'm not sure. I don't see. I'm, I was trying to see if I could find beta anywhere, but um, it sounds like, in its essence, it's stable enough to definitely test. Um, now, sort of as a follow up to that, one of our biggest frustrations is PageSpeed uh, insights. Anyone out there who's done a page speed check to see whether or not their website is running quickly, or in this case, just a page, that's usually how you have to do it, page at a time. You may be frustrated as I have that uh, I have been where when you do a search one day to the next, you'll see different numbers. And part of that problem is that PageSpeed Insights doesn't allow you to choose where that search is being done. Um, it could be anywhere. Uh, there's a Google server or any, anything like that. It's, it's being run from that. Uh, Core Web Vitals, same thing. Uh, that is why we prefer using GT Metrics. And if you use GT Metrics and you have it properly set up so that the servers are closest to where your hosting is, and this is important for local-based businesses or anyone who's in that general area. International, of course, it shouldn't matter where you are, and it's fair, right? Um, but for many of our clients who are local, they don't score well on uh, international searches uh, or sorry, international page speed tests. And it's very frustrating because what's happening are crappy SEO salesmen out there um, who really frankly don't understand page speed or just leveraging it to, to confuse and distract clients from other businesses are saying, hey, you know, I don't know who he's used, who's doing your SEO, but they don't have very good page speed stats. Uh, they're supposed to be managing this for you, you know, really should consider going elsewhere. Hey, this is what we do <laughs> just by chance. Um, no, if you know what you're doing, then you're using something that's more calculated like GT metrics. I'm not saying it's impossible to get high scores. Uh, it is very possible. However, it is a lot more work than most people are willing to put in. And when you say to them, we've been in this position that your website can get faster, but not with the template you're using or the in underlying infrastructure, that's not going to go over so well. And some people are like, well, whatever, do the best you can. And when someone comes in and willy nilly and says, well, I don't know what they're talking about. I can do better. That's all it takes for some clients to get very confused. Uh, fortunately, we have great clients who you know, already trust us and they're not leaving just from a simple email like that. They understand that a lot of this is garbage, uh, but it is very common for this particular tactic to be used. So do keep that in mind. Uh, the other aspect is a lot of the sites that are running really quickly are using a, a tool called Nitro Pack. And Nitro Pack is brilliant. I gotta give them full, full marks. It's a genius system. What it essentially does, and it's not cheap. Um, you pay monthly, I think it's about $45 a month. And what it'll do is, you install it on your website and it will create almost a broken version of your site that looks good. <laughs> and that's effectively, they've taken out a lot of the code that creates the bloat and makes it load slower. So that when it loads, it loads in a flash and page speed insights, all these things look amazing when they run on these sites that are running this particular plugin. However, as soon as someone act on the page, Soon, as soon as I click on something, uh, it has to load all that JavaScript again, all the bloat. Um, and at that point, you know, if a page speed test were to be run, it would actually fail. It would be very low. Now, 
this is essentially tricking Google because Google's using PageSpeed Insights to ensure that you are providing a good experience to its users. And this is where um, there are two camps of opinion here. Is this really faking Google? Are you really cheating it? Because I mean, they are loading quickly. Yes, but let's say they're on a mobile phone. And as soon as they try and click, then boom, they have to wait and load. That's not a good experience. So there are two camps of this. And, and you know, when money's being made, there's usually some good arguments to keep it going. Um, in any case, so when you see really, really high scores for sites that look like they shouldn't have it, or you know, anyway, there's always more to it than what you think. Um, I, I'd say almost always. So just to keep that in mind, uh, we're actually going to do a, a bit of an education campaign with some of our clients to explain to them why this is happening. Because there is a, a pretty big push these days from the less uh, scrupulous SEO companies. I don't even like calling them SEO companies, but that's what they're pitching to use this technique to try and detract you and get you away from honest businesses that are doing a good job of your SEO. And remember, whatever matters, whatever, whatever, whatever happens, it's about leads. Whoever you're working with needs to be getting you business. Okay, so page speed or not, you get a low score. I don't care if you got a 10 out of 100 on Google. If the company that you're working with is getting you business, yeah, sure, talk to them about it. Say, how oh, can you improve this and all that stuff? But it is by no means the end of the world. And we know, in fact, that it actually has a very little impact on the overall score and overall rankings um, now. You know, things are changing. And frank frankly, so are the metrics they're using to gauge page speed. So th this is a moving target and low priority. Do keep that in mind and don't get, don't get uh, tricked by some of these other businesses out there that are using this tactic to suck away companies. There, a little rant, but um, it's being top of mind for me as I try to find solutions to, to make this workable for all our clients. Maybe we should add a section to the show every week called Ross's Rants, and you can have your own little. Uh, <laughs> I would repeat myself blurb. a lot. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I guess you would. There'd be a lot of overlap. The same things all the time. It's like, ah. That's yeah. so true. They just tune me out. Um, all right. Well, so, into some more SEO news, because really that was SEO news. Uh, yeah, I guess it really is just more. And, and this first one could actually be the next Ross's rant in a way. Um, it, will <laughs> it will be eventually. <laughs> so how much do you love universal analytics, which is basically for those that don't know, probably your current Google Analytics setup? Well, as of July 1st, 2023, it will no longer work and you will be forced to use the new GA4, Google Analytics 4. And for some people out there, that might be a good thing, um, but it's going to be the way it is for everybody. So as of July 1st, 2023, Google Universal Analytics will no longer process new data in standard properties, and you will have approximately six months of access to that data before you even lose that. So all your historical data over the past 20 years, say goodbye to it. And, and that's just reality. This is happening. It's a done deal. And you can, and you are advised to export that data. Uh, it looks like you can export it to CSV and a few other formats, but you won't have the nice, clean, easy way of navigating that historical data like you do today. And 
you can start ranting about it now if you like. Maybe go grab a drink. I don't know, but um, I think it's going to make a lot of people unhappy. So, and if you don't know, let's say you have no idea, you don't know anything about this. You know, you've got Google Analytics installed. Uh, just to give you a general rule of thumb, uh, GA4 was launched October fourteenth, twenty twenty. So, if you had your analytics active before. October 14th of 2020, chances are you're using Universal Analytics and you will want to uh, get GA4 set up. If you set up your account after that date, you could have either. It's probably GA4 if you aren't really tech savvy because to set up Universal Analytics after that point, you had to click on a hidden advanced link and find a little tick button and it was a process to set it up. So if you're unaware of doing that, you probably have the new version. So isn't that fun? Yeah. And I can't, we can't stress this enough. You have to, if you don't already have it and ask your SEO, uh, if you don't have Google analytics for tracking code on your site tomorrow, today, as soon as possible, all the data, you've got to get it on there quickly because from that point forward is all, all the data you're going to have access to from now on. I mean, other than that historic, well, not from then, but when this is switched. So yes, you'll have access to your historical data in Excel document, nightmare, hello. Um, that's that's going to require a painful amount of, of, of data mining to get anything out of. So for all intents and purposes, Google's saying, screw you, you're losing all your data. That drives me crazy. I hate that they could even do this. Um, but it's free. That's where we get screwed, right? Um, and as of this date, it's gone. And you better be using the new one or not, new one, or you're not going to get any analytics. And there's going to be a lot of people we're going to get over the next couple of years. Uh, in 2023, can you imagine how many we're going to get new clients that have zero data? All of it's going to be yeah. tragic, and it's going to be it's it's, it's there's, that data is gold. I, I can't put enough emphasis on this. They could have literally 20 years of data that could define our whole marketing strategy and set them up for success if we met with them and they had that access, but it's going to evaporate, poof, and they're going to have nothing. It's not right. Um, and I don't understand how they had to, why they had to create a, a platform, GA4, that couldn't be uh, what do we call it? Reverse backwards compatible, yeah. backwards compatible. Thanks. I mean, I'm sure there's a very good reason for it. It just, ah. you know, <laughs> I, I feel like there, I feel like there has to be a technical way. I, I know the data is recorded differently and, and everything is different. The whole system is different the way it works, but there's gotta be a way to take that historical data and somehow import it on some level into GA4. So you at least have, access to view the data. Maybe you can't manipulate it like the way you'd be able to with GA4. Maybe you won't be able to run custom reports or whatever, but just to be able to see it. And I think one thing that would actually be really smart for Google to do, and they won't do it, of course, because well, a lot of reasons, but is they should almost have a way. So you export the data like they say to do, and then have an app that they create that's, you know, uh, client side. It's not on the web. It's not something they have to maintain or support, but just have an app that people can get to help visualizer data similar to how you do it online now and then at least at least there's something 
Uh, and I don't think they, of course that app has to be maintained. And well, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's gotta be a way they could do it where they, you know, here's a disclaimer that we're not going to maintain this, but it'll work, you know, as long as windows or, or your Mac support it. I don't know. There's gotta be some way of doing it because like you said, an Excel file is going to be useless for most people. And even people that really know how to manipulate Excel, it's going to be a challenge. Smartest person here. Here's a great business move for someone. If they, if this hasn't already been done, I'll be surprised. Someone needs to enhance their current app to allow importing of all that data. Yeah. Their current. And then, cause this is going to be the biggest boom. Uh, it's going to be amazing for analytics platforms because they're going to go, do you really want to stick with Google? Look what they just did to you. We're, yeah, sure. We're 50 bucks a month, but how much is that data worth to you? I mean, they, they can mm. make a fortune so or even just say 15 bucks a month, but it doesn't matter. It adds up over time. And even if it's not one that records new data, just like I. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I said Google should create an app. Well, why don't why don't we do it? Let's do it right now, Ross. Let's create an app or a website. Clients log in, they pay the fifteen bucks a month or whatever, import all their Google data, and they have a visual representation of it from this point forward, and pay us forever. I don't know. I <laughs> think, sounds pretty I think, good. Honestly, I think this is the way that they should. The, the companies can, if it was me anyway, I would uh, just grab people away from Google Analytics. I mean, Google Analytics was the death knell for many companies, such as ClickTracks. Remember ClickTracks? I, yeah, I do. Uh, I love that platform. Uh, I even did their training and everything. But as soon as Google Analytics came out and it was free and it was powerful, it just killed these companies. Um, I mean, they, they, stood, they stood for a while, but it was devastating. So I think this is going to be great for those businesses. And if they can in integrate that data, they are going to make money hand over fist. And they could even have a free kind of like a HubSpot CRM thing where it's free to use, but it's got extra add-ons that you have to pay for where you could import that data. Uh, and then, you know, if you want to further track information or you want to dig into it more, it'll deeper, deeper, you have to pay more. And I mean, there's so many different ways to do this. At any rate, it's, um, I'm seriously going to consider paying for one now. I don't trust Google. I never, I, I lost a lot of my trust in Google over the years, but uh, after all the programs they put out there, we get used to and, and just have to drop. I don't, now I no longer rely on them. Uh, if they put something out, I'm like, yeah, it sounds good, but I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. They've burnt those bridges too many times. 
Uh, and apparently Google Analytics 4 is a headache, a momentous headache to, uh, you know, you can add the code, that's easy, but to actually uh, set up the appropriate uh, goals, attribution and all that stuff. I haven't dug into this, so I don't exactly know why it's such a headache, but I know our pay-per-click analyst is swearing some, yeah. I can't even use the words and he's pretty pissed. But he, all this and, and, you know, I've played with it a little bit and I get kind of lost in it. And I'm, I obviously I'm not going to stay like that forever. We're all going to be forced to learn it. And who knows, maybe in a year and a half from now, we'll look back and be like, oh man, this is way better. I'm so glad they made us do this. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm hoping it happens, but I, I'm not holding my breath. And I've heard from fairly reputable people saying that Google should be paying me to learn this crap. Because it's, yeah. it's such a mess to work with. Like you said, it's easy to get lost in. And how are you ever going to train clients to use it? And oh, it goes on and on and on. And then also, all the data we use in our dashboards from Google Analytics is vital. It shows all the history. I mean, oh, it's all going to change. Like, it, at least in the last two years or something. You know, yeah. give us something. Yeah. That was a big rant there. But uh, in case you all don't understand, this is big news. And uh, it's going to impact you if you've got any of this information on your website and, and you need to add the new bug on the site now so that you can get data. You can have both of them on at the same time, the old and the new. So you can have that data accruing from as soon as possible. Okay. So make sure to do that. <sighs> wow. All right. Local SEO. Oh yes. I heard about this. So Google reviews have been going missing. And apparently it's on the way back. So what's this about? Yeah. So yeah, That's <laughs> Review, reviews are disappearing uh, over the last week or so. So, you know, second week of March till mid-March, uh, a number of reviews are just either not being posted when they've been submitted or they're just going missing. And uh, in one example over at Search Engine Roundtable, uh, the brand name was withheld. So we don't know who it was, but a specific brand with over 700 locations went from having 200 reviews, can't speak today, 200 reviews down to only 16. So the Ow. reviews just disappeared. Um, well, my first question is how did 700, a 700 location business only have 200 reviews? So you might want to work on that, but to lose all of them, uh, I don't know, man, there's something going on there. Uh, and apparently this is also not the first time it's happened. Uh, this happened back on July 9th in 2019 and in uh, actually, on my birthday last year, happy birthday to me, April 13th of 2021, this happened. So oh, now everyone knows when my birthday is. So that's send me presents next month. Um, anyways, um, a statement from a Google spokesperson said that our team is aware of this issue and is actively working to fix it. New reviews that are not in violation of our policies should now be appearing on Google business profiles as normal. Reviews submitted over the last week that were not appearing on Google business profiles due to this issue should be posted by the end of the week. So hopefully that one business gets their 200 reviews back and um, everything goes back to normal, but it's just, yeah, I guess this is less local news and more the, the weekly Google bug report again, but uh, good times. Google's, look, Google, Google's lucky they don't charge people for service because this could, people yeah. are losing a lot of money from this mistake. For sure they would. If you have no yeah. review, I mean, yeah, absolutely. That's a direct impact having your reviews disappear. Yeah, uh, millions, I'm sure, all together. Um, on, in other local news, uh, image-rich results um, have been taking over the local local organic 
search results. So when you look at local um, on your desktop, you typically see, let's see, uh, you, you see the, a couple ads, maybe then the, the map pack, and then uh, perhaps some uh, additional searches. And then like what people are searching for examples, can't use words. And then below that, classic organic results. Well, uh, those organic results look very much similar than they have 10 years ago. There's very little difference, but uh, there's been a change. Now, we, if you were using mobile, you would have seen this already. It's been like this for a while. Next to classic search results for local, you would have seen a uh, photo from the site. And sometimes these photos were just garbage, clip art. Sometimes they were blurry. They were just yeah, there's obviously no intention around them. Well, um, nowadays it's actually uh, showing up in desktop. So these images next to your search ranking are going to help you get that click. Uh, now there's a great article that's um, going to be in our show notes to um, how to influence which photos show up in your mobile SERPs, which of course now applies to desktop as well. Uh, it's around using schema, um, setting a featured image, let's say for a particular page within WordPress. Uh, if you're using WordPress, uh, the type of photo you use is important. Uh, there's a lot of great detail there. One of the things that I thought was a good idea was putting awards, making it an award. You can't get multiple images. So pick something that says your name, says you won this award, make it your featured image for that page. And when, Google does pick up that page, it's likely or more likely that they're going to use that image. Another example on the, on the uh, tutorial, uh, it's a Sterling Sky, Sky tutorial by uh, Joanne Hawkins. It shows how she just reordered some of the images and was able to influence which image showed up. So it isn't very difficult to do. It just takes a little intention. So keep that in mind and uh, hopefully you can win out because I can totally see these images playing a role in whether or not you get a click or not. All right, the Mueller files. Page experience metrics can be split into sections. I have not yeah. seen this. Yeah, so it, uh, it wouldn't be an SEO 101 without talking about the page experience update in Core Web Vitals. Um, but this was kind of interesting. So in a recent video hangout, John Mueller noted that a website can be broken into sections for evaluation purposes on Google's end. For example, category pages might be treated as their own grouping of pages, product pages, blog posts, um, pages that utilize a specific uh, template in your CMS, so WordPress template or uh, Shopify or whatever. And so then if your website is slow or part of your website is slow or has poor page experience, those scores can be segmented into that section of your website. And only that part of the site will be affected by core web vitals and page speed experience updates, which is actually really good because, you know, maybe you've got a blog that's loading slowly for whatever reason, but your product pages load really fast and have a good experience. So your product pages or your key money pages can still do well and aren't brought down by other areas of your site that are performing poorly, uh, which is really good. Like I would have thought it would be on a page by page basis, which would probably be better, but being segmented like this into certain sections of your site um, makes sense. And I have to wonder if it might be uh, more broad than that. Like for example, if they find that 
blog post category pages in general, I'm not saying they are, but just as a, an example, if they are loading slowly, maybe they'll see on all these other websites, it's the same issue. And so generally speaking, a category page for a blog will be less effective for all sites just because of the nature of the type of page. Um, I don't know if they'll apply. I'm kind of speculating here that they could do that. And like, why wouldn't they? Maybe product pages are going to have a different standard than category pages will have a different standard than, you know, whatever. Uh, so it's interesting to see them segmenting like that. And, and good to know, like, I feel like you could develop some strategies there. You know, blog posts are less important, really focus your energy on your product pages, or maybe your blog is more important, or maybe your top level category pages for products are more important. So you want those to rank. So focus your efforts on uh, improving those scores on those pages first, perhaps uh, a few ways you could use that. Apparently this is not hundred percent new. I didn't know that, but it's only if Google has enough data on your site. Um, and I gather that's from, I don't know. Uh, sort of a combination of other people's page experiences on there. I don't know. Um, it seems to me like it's when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's kind of a way to assist you with the debugging of pages. But I don't know. Uh, it's interesting. Huh. Well, I hope it's well, newer than I thought it was because I hadn't heard this before. So I hope it's not like, well, well it can't be yeah. that old because Core Web Vitals hasn't been around for that long. So it's not like it's 1998, I guess. But Well, apparently, I mean, it's obviously, I've never heard of it. Um, so it can't be that old <laughs> yeah. either that or it's, it's so, it's not that useful. Maybe it just hasn't really come to the top. I mean, if they give you the data about the page, you can easily figure it out yourself too. Yeah. Um, but this just might help breaking it down a bit, which is good to hear. Now are internal links in your header and footer treated differently? This is a question we're going to answer when we get back from quick break. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WMR.FM, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company senior SEO, Scott Vanak. So are internal links in the header and footer treated differently? Uh, is this a Mueller file? I guess it is, eh? It is. So it says, it says they don't really differentiate. I'm taking all the window of your sales. You made all these nice notes. You go for it. Oh boy. Um, it's a Scott show. Uh, <laughs> well, <or> I mean, <laughs> I can just cut you off then. Oh um, yeah. Well, 
yeah, so the question was asked, uh, are links within certain sections of a site looked at differently? For example, if a page is linked within a header or a footer and therefore included on every page of a site, does Google use those links differently than links within the body of the page? Uh, no. There you go. There's your answer. Uh, John, John answers, uh, we don't really differentiate here. So if like, and, I, and I'm quoting him exactly. So if some of this sounds weird, it's, it's John, not me. So if like things are linked in your footer of the page and they're linked from across the whole website, then from our point of view, uh, from our point of view, how, wait a minute, from our point of view, you have those links <laughs> from across your whole website. Uh, it's not the case that we would say, oh, like links in a footer have less weight or are not as useful as we will ignore them or anything like that. So from our point of view, when it comes to links, we essentially just see them as links on a page. Um, he does uh, go on to note that text is treated differently based on location. So it's slightly different when it comes to text in there, in that we try to understand what the primary content is of a page. And when it comes to ranking relative to the other content on your website, we try to focus on that primary content section of the page. But links from our point of view just help us to understand the site's function and whether they're in the header or footer of the sidebar or the main content that doesn't really change anything for us. So yeah, so we've kind of been saying this for a while in cases where clients may have a blog, but they don't want to put the link to the blog in the header. You can put the link to the blog in the footer and it's just fine. And, and you know, your top level pages of your site or things like your privacy policy and all that kind of stuff, linking it at the footer is totally fine. Your contact page, totally fine. Everything, just link it from the footer if it makes sense. Um, but think about usability. Don't necessarily think about SEO there. Uh, so that's something I really thought of before much, but there we go. I've heard of this quite a bit and I swear I heard it recently and I couldn't find it immediately in this moment when I searched, but I did find uh, <laughs> figures uh, opposite content from Google. Now, granted it was 2016, but I know I've seen it recently. Um, someone talking about this and in any case, it was actually Mueller, um, but they do talk about it. And they said that, um, Zineb, whoever Zineb is, I don't know who Zineb is, but a person from Google said that um, the site white header and footer links are not a very great weight in general. The person's French, sorry. <laughs> That's the translation. Yeah, uh, it was answered in French. Um, and Mueller said, so I think there are two aspects here. On the one hand, this is the area of the page where you have your primary content. The content that is the page is actually about not the menu, the sidebar, the footer, the header. He was talking the body of the page then that is something that we do take into account and we do try to use those links. The other thing to keep in mind is you still need to make sure that within your site, you have a clear linking structure. So I think he actually, as I read this, he really doesn't answer. Um, when it comes down to it, um, as I've understood, because people tend to put a lot of stuff down there, hoping that they're going to get some extra weight at it. Well, you know how many times, how many times have we seen keywords added down there just to add yeah. keywords? That stuff is pretty easily ignored by Google. They definitely, okay, I can't use the word definitely because I'm not Google, I'm trying to be careful these days, but um, it does seem as though what is in the footer is treated differently. Uh, doesn't mean that they don't use that information to understand the website, which is kind of what he's saying here, even in the new one, uh, latest description. 
Um, it is. It's used to determine the site structures and a lot of stuff. But the weight that's put on that content in terms of overall optimization and whether or not it's how well it ranks, I would expect does have a little more, there's a little more reluctance and skepticism about what content is down there. So I certainly don't ever suggest clients consider heavily put it, putting any weight on optimization down there. It should be in the body. That's where, that's the bulk of the page, right? Um, perhaps I'm overthinking it, but that's, that's how I would look at it. Do you have anything to add there, Scott? No, I, I agree completely. All right. Great. Well, we had a little late, uh, late ad there, but I'm glad that we got something in because you know, we've got to make our sponsors happy. And by the way, we do accept sponsorship. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, the sponsorship we have right now will allow you to get uh, press within our exposure within all of our last, all of our older um, shows. So all 400, we're in episode 428. It goes back. You can actually be added into those. So if, we have a lot of people who do go back and listen to our shows. I thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I would I, I go back just to listen to John once in a while because I'm a suck. But other than that, it's uh, it's kind of dated content. But there is certainly a lot there. Anyways, if you want to get some exposure for your business, it's a great way to do it. And if you do, reach out to me, Ross at stepforth.com, and we can talk about some rates and make it worth your while. So it's Ross at step s t e p. F-O-R-T-H, stepforth.com. Thank you. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, my company, Senior SEO, Scott Van Ack, thank you for joining us today. Remember, we have a show notes newsletter you can sign up for at seo101radio.com, where you don't have to miss a single link and you can refresh your memory of a past episode at any time. Have a great week and remember to tune into future episodes, which air every week at wmr.fm. Great. Thanks for listening, everyone. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.